The temperatures may be dropping outside, but the news in the world of Microsoft, it's just starting to heat up. Happy Friday, friends, to that very classic 90s news style intro. Hopefully you had a wonderful week. I did too. Uh, just It's Friday. It's happy. It's always a good time on a Friday. So next week, let's just dive into this news because next week is going to be a big week in the world of Microsoft. There are two major Microsoft events happening in this single week, and there's going to be a lot to talk about. So the first major event is the Microsoft Surface event. That is going to be kicking off next week, where I'm expecting a pretty much a smattering of refreshes across their lineup, including the Surface Studio, although it sounds like we're, sounds like we're going to get a 2+, not necessarily a Surface Studio 3 and we're going to see 11th gen chipsets across that that lineup which is still frustrating and then we'll have to see what Microsoft is going to do with the Surface Pro 9 because it looks like they're going to be blending more ARM and, and x86 chipsets there and so I'm really just expecting sort of a refresh in Microsoft really hyping up Windows 11 and so that's sort of uh we'll, we'll see that is happening next week the other major thing which I think has more honestly impact in the world of Microsoft than their hardware event is actually Ignite so Ignite's going to be happening in the second half of the week it's sort of odd that they have these things in the same week but either way big week for microsoft and i cross my fingers hope to whatever that microsoft finally really starts talking about loops i've been waiting for this forever not forever that's probably underselling it but microsoft loops if, if microsoft doesn't really go to go to town on loops during ignite i'm gonna be a little frustrated because they've been talking about this stuff for years and we even saw the loops app officially the, the a page surfaced for internal testing and look like it was ready to go for maybe external testing and so fingers crossed that we get our access to loops and uh we'll be loopy loopy uh either way so yeah service event next week ignite next week a lot of microsoft news is going to drop across that that uh avenue and so there you go one of the things that happened this week that is very odd to me and extremely odd is that windows 11 turned one years old like it had it had a birthday give it a cake which Sounds not like an odd event, but the fact is Microsoft made zero references across like anything. Like they didn't do a blog post, they didn't even do a tweet, they didn't do anything. Now, part of me is thinking, well, they've got a big week next week with the Surface event and they've also got Ignite. Maybe they're saving all their hoopla for that week, which very well could be a thing. But like Windows is an operating system that drives billions of dollars in revenue every single quarter and its birthday comes and goes and you just don't say anything it, it would have been fine i would have been perfectly content with like hey windows 11's turning one we're going to celebrate next week and, and like that would have been it like but there was just zero acknowledgement that their operating system you know came around and had its first birthday so i'm guessing that it's maybe going to be happening at the surface event that is where i i'm expecting it i guess and if it doesn't happen there and then it's like Eesh, did they just really not care about windows 11 because at the up to this point we are a year in we still don't know the actual adoption rate microsoft hasn't told us how many people are running windows 11 they love to tout some weird metrics like hey it's the most loved os ever uh which is a very nebulous concept because it could be the most loved because it has rounded edges not because it's the most productivity Either way, uh, Microsoft hasn't shared a lot of details around the actual adoption rate of Windows 11, and I think we all know why. So there you go. 
Uh, other things happening in the world of Microsoft. Microsoft Teams will soon have a new payments feature, which sounds interesting uh, from like the wrong reasons. It's like I'm not joining a meeting to pay money, but actually from a business, a, a, a business perspective, it makes a lot of sense. So imagine I'm doing a craft workshop where I'm a consultant. I can have, I can set up using Teams and have people pay directly for the time or the product directly inside of Teams. From that perspective, it actually makes a lot of sense. It's just another a little bit of extensibility coming to the Teams platform. Uh, also in the world of Windows 11 this week, build 25217 has dropped, and this adds support for third-party widgets. Finally, Widget World coming together. I'm not quite sure what widgets people are going to build yet, because once you get past like news, weather, stock, and like scores from sports, which I put under news, there's not like there's not a lot else out there, especially because you can't pin widgets to the desktop, like, and you always got to pop them out of that weird opaque panel. Um, either way, third-party widgets are coming, which is a good thing. At least there's more flexibility and more options, and so that's always sort of a good thing. Uh, Microsoft also released the HDR calibration app for Windows 11. If you have an HDR display and you want to calibrate it, well, now Microsoft has an app for you. And Windows 11 22H2 is starting to roll out to more users, so if you couldn't get your hands on it, you might actually now be able to, but hold on before you do that, because there's a couple minor issues. First off, if you have certain types of printers, you're not getting it because there's printing issues, because of course there's printing issues. Printing issues have plagued Windows since the dawn of time. Ever since the sun rose for the first time, there have been printer problems in the world of everything. So there's some printer problems, and that could actually potentially hang you up. Also, uh, copy and paste is a little slow copy speeds are, are being noted as an issue that Microsoft is investigating with 22H2. So keep that in mind. And then the release preview channel is also getting their first look at the October drop of updates. This is primarily, for lack of a better term, uh, the, the tabs that are coming to explore. So keep that in mind. That if you're in the release preview, you might be now seeing those features. I don't know how many people actually run release preview, but at least, you know, it's out there. On to the gaming news. There's a bunch of good games coming. Game Pass in October. A couple highlights are Scorn. Uh, and then A Plague Tale are, are coming. I don't know why I stumbled there. Uh, those are both titles that are coming. The bigger news that has been floating around the universe. And I don't have much more to go off of, uh, of other than the headline. Is that Halo has started to look at using Unreal Engine. Potentially for their Battle Royale product. This is... Massive news, and I there's been beaten to death. One thing I will point out is that early on, early on, and I'm talking many moons ago, 343 came out and said, hey, look, we explored using Unreal Engine for the next version of Halo, meaning Halo Infinite, but they determined that they were unable to get the actual look and feel of Halo, that sort of smooth motion and gunplay that Halo is known for in Unreal Engine, and that is why they said, we're going to invest in Slipspace, which honestly, I actually think, might be sort of a mistake over the long haul. But either way, uh, the rumors are flying around that they might be moving to Unreal Engine for their Battle Royale type product. We'll find out. If they do, that is going to be that's going to be a very interesting sort of thing because then if you go from Halo multiplayer to the Unreal Engine Battle Royale version, that despite their best efforts, and they should be able to get it pretty close, it will never feel quite the same. It's just they're just two different engines. It's like using a gasoline engine and a diesel engine. Yeah, they both get the car moving, but they're just, they, they have their different quirks and features, no matter how you kind of build them. And so just, it's something to keep an eye on because I, clearly we know they explored it at one point prior to the launch of Infinite. And it doesn't mean they wouldn't ever do this. And keep in mind that their head of the Slipspace engine, I believe, just departed. 
And the other thing to keep in mind, the other one little tidbit here, is we know that 343 used a lot of contractors. It is way easier to go out to the marketplace and get a contractor who is familiar with the Unreal Engine than it is to get someone familiar with the Slipspace Engine, because let's be honest, the Slipspace Engine does not really have, like nobody's using that side of 343. My guess is that many, many moons ago, prior even to them making all these announcements or whatever with Halo Infinite, they went to 343 went to Microsoft and said, look, we can build our own Unreal Engine that can be licensed out. And that was probably how they got the funding to go build Slipspace, is my guess, because Microsoft loves a good licensing story. And if they could take on Unreal Engine with Slipspace, that would be fantastic. But here we are uh, many years later, and it's not really happening. So uh, Brazil has signed off with pretty much zero conditions. By pretty much, I mean, there's, there's really actually no conditions for Microsoft to acquire Activision. This is big news because it could be foreshadowing what is actually coming down the pipeline. That being said, I don't think other agencies really are going to look to Brazil. But yes, they are the staple for anti-competitive practices and we should follow their model. But it's at least one less hurdle that Microsoft now has to clear. And so that is moving on. Uh, Microsoft may also be adding a disable of quick resume to Xbox consoles. And this is something that I talked about many times. Phil Spencer responded to a question on Twitter, somebody asking specifically for that, being able to turn it off, which is something I would be in favor of because titles like Call of Duty and other products that are primarily online only do not work well with quick resume. You have to kill the game pretty much because you get stuck in a lobby and then the quick resume tries to put you back into that lobby, but that session has collapsed because it's many hours, days later, it doesn't exist anymore. And so then you kind of get in this funky state and it's easier just to kill the game, restart it. And so be being able to turn off Quick Resume will be something I would be in favor of. Uh, Valve Steam Deck, you can now order that, by the way, without a reservation. You can just go grab that thing. It's getting pretty darn good reviews. If you were looking at, like, the Logitech, was it, G Cloud or anything else like that, I honestly just push you towards the Steam Deck. Yeah, there, it gets close in pricing on the low end of the Steam Deck and the high end of the G Cloud thing. Um, but it's just a better product. Steam Deck, it, it looks like, a, looks like an honest winner and something that you should consider. Also, uh, a little bit of tidbit or Windows 11 notes. If you are running Windows 11 and you are a gamer, disabling the virtual machine platform and memory isolation feature, there are guides online how to do this, can actually improve your performance. So uh, Windows 11 can hurt gaming performance a little bit here. And so turning that off will actually net you some additional F, P, and S. Not really S, frames per second. Frames per and second. That doesn't make any sense. All right, let's dive into the questions of the week. Always my favorite part of the week. Matt Bear kicking it off says, ABK deal getting approved by Brazil is a big step for Microsoft and Xbox. What I'm wondering is if the approval will have any effect on other regulatory bodies or are they all completely independent when it comes to investigations and decisions? Now, in technically, yes, they're all independent. The U.S. is not looking at Brazil and going, well, you know what? Brazil has moral authority and we should just go by them. Or Saudi Arabia, they're, they're the moral kings here. We are just going to approve it because they said so. Now, that is not how it works. That being said, Microsoft is very clearly likely going to line up and be like, look, Brazil said we're fine. Saudi Arabia said we're fine. These two countries have determined that we are not not an anti-competitive process here or an acquisition. And Brazil even went so far and said, look, we're not here to protect individual companies. We're here to protect the consumers, namely calling out uh, PlayStation and said, Microsoft, go for it. And so I don't think this is going to have any meaningful impact on how the U.S., makes their decision or the EU for that matter. That being said, it just adds to the portfolio of reasons why Microsoft should be allowed and how Microsoft is going to argue their case in front of these uh, regulatory bodies. 
So I have Choker says, hi, Brad. When Windows 11 was a beta to test on any PC, you had six options to snap the layout menu. Now there are only four. Are there really only four? Oh, yes, there are. Now there are only four. Is there any way to get more? I found nothing. I don't think there's any way to get more out of the box. Your best bet would be to use a tool like Power Toys, as that can allow you to set your own custom regions, but it's not as smooth or as slick as what Microsoft does uh, natively out of the box. So I don't know if they'll bring back more. They likely said, look, four is good enough. Six is probably maybe maybe a little too overwhelming, I guess. So there you go. Uh, Mr. PKI says, Microsoft Ignite is in person this year as well as virtual. That is true. You can watch Ignite online or go in person, although it was very limited amount of people, I believe, going out to Seattle. Are you and the First Ring Daily and Windows Weekly crew flying to Seattle to network and get all the latest insider info? No. Well, I am not. Uh, I am personally not headed to Seattle. I don't think I don't think press was actually invited to Ignite this year. And it's just like a really small, bespoke-style crowd that is actually headed up to Seattle. It's only a couple days. Usually, Ignite is a week-long event. But when we've been doing these virtual things, they've been limiting them to, it's like two days or two and a half days, something like that. And I think that's exactly what they're doing here. And so, no, I am not headed up to Seattle. Uh, Andrew B. chimes in and says, Brad... Any word on a Surface Go 4? Do you think there will be one? I do think there will be one. Microsoft has found some good success selling the Surface Go into the education market. Actually, my daughter's school uses the Surface Go 3 uh, for, uh, she's in what, fourth grade? So, like, it's like second, first through fourth grade, I think, uses the Surface Go, something like that. Um, so they have found good luck in the education. If you had to speculate, do you think it would be just getting an Intel processor generation upgrade? Yes. Or do you think they would go switch it from a Pentium to an i3Y or something different in the Intel line? Remember, Intel did just rebrand their Celeron, I think, gold processors. They're just called Intel processors now. So um, keep that in mind. I don't think that they would go to ARM because it doesn't make a lot of sense, if I'm honest, at this point, just how the education software works uh would you expect the current cap of 256 gigs of storage 8 gig of ram to increase no actually i don't and would the bottom tier get a bump to 8 gig of ram no i'm not expecting mike this is a very price driven conscious product actually microsoft doesn't even design this one if i remember correctly it's uh can't remember i think it's a firm under japan that might be doing this it's an odm original device manufacturer which is different than an oem it, so they designed and pretty much presented this thing to Microsoft and said, look, we can build this for X amount of dollars. We'll take all the overhead and bada bing, bada boom, you put your name on it. And that's how that product works. Uh, one of the things he says, I love my Surface Go 3, but don't quite understand what Microsoft is doing with it. The bottom tier is e-waste that does a blog uh, and the supposedly premium Surface brand. So yes, the Surface Go is the entry level. It's the baseline product. It is not a premium product in my mind, uh, especially with that eMMC memory. And so really when somebody comes and outside of very specific scenarios and says like, look, I want to buy a Surface Go. It's going to cost me about 500 bucks to get the version that I want. What I would tell anybody looking at this product line right now is go look for Surface Pro 8. Surface Pro 9 is right around the corner. Yes, it's going to get announced. Uh, but Surface Pro 8s are going to have some really good discounts. You might even be able to find a Surface Pro 7, which is going to be more performant than a Surface Go. But this, I think the Pro 8 is... If you're going to buy a new Surface, new to you, I should say, I would start with the Surface Pro 8 just because it has the more modern design. The Pro 7 is the old classic style, like the original looking Pro, and the, and the Pro 8 has the thinner bezels and is really sort of a, a visual upgrade, if you will. And so that is where I would try to find one rather than buying a Surface Go outside of, again, specific environments like education or where you just need like a kiosk type setup. That is where 
those things really shine. Um, or unless you have a, a kid who can get away with EMMC memory and does that baseline and truly all they're doing is YouTube or some basic math games, then, then you're typically okay. And then Mr. PKI rounding it out this week with a spicy one. How about this for an ending question of the week? It seems that the U.S. DOD, the Army specifically, is moving away from Microsoft Office and switching to Google Docs. Is this a major loss and move away from Microsoft technology? So I dug into this one. I had cheated and I looked ahead. And so what I found here is that the, the Army is going to, they're going to be deploying two products effectively. So everybody coming into the Army is going to get a Google workspace. And then as they sort of move up through the ranks, they actually switch over to Army 365, which is Microsoft 365. So this is honestly a really, really big win for Google because they're actually going to get more problem, more accounts spun up at least initially because everybody coming to the army is automatically getting a Google workspace. And I'll be honest, I think Gmail does email a lot better than Exchange does these days. But of course, the management infrastructure of Exchange is much better uh, than, than Gmail, at least at this point. That being said, this was just a big win for Google because they're trying to, once a, a department of the government adopts your technologies, then other companies will be much more likely to do so. Let's just put it that way. That's why Microsoft and Amazon fight so heavily for these military contracts for cloud services. Because if you're already using AWS, then every vendor who ties into that DoD is going to want to use AWS. So it's just a seamless integration. Same with Azure. If, my, if the whole government was on Azure or Office 365, then everybody else would want to be on that as well. Because again, those integrations are just better than going cross-cloud or cross-service. So by going to Google Docs, it really validates that the platform is viable for a large swath of the government you know, population. So is it a huge loss for Microsoft? I don't think it's a huge loss. I think it's honestly just pretty neutral considering that Army 365 is still going to be there. And let's be honest, that's probably not going anywhere for a long time. But it's a bigger, bigger win for Google because again, of that validation in the marketplace, especially in the military, that is such a big win for them. So there you go, my friends, uh, uh, a condensed week uh, of news and information. But next week, I'm expecting a lot in the pipeline out of the Surface Camp, out of the Ignite Camp. And so, uh, yeah, I can't wait for that. As always, my friends, thank you for the questions of the week. Thanks for listening in and make sure to subscribe or do whatever because the only BS on this podcast is me.